What's up, everyone? This is episode number 10 with the man, the CEO behind Founder Magazine, Nathan Chan. Welcome to Believe. I'm Sam Barry. I'm an internet entrepreneur, and I'm here to help you discover what it takes to believe in yourself. You're listening to this show today because your time has come. People who were no smarter than you made everything around you that you call life. You were born with a remarkable dream. You were born to make an impact, but there was one thing stopping you. Belief. Each week, we share a powerful message or guest from around the world. It's an honor having you here today. It's time to believe. That's right, guys. It's time to believe. You know, if we don't believe in ourselves, if we don't think that we have what it takes to to achieve our goals, to really, really achieve our dreams, we're going to get nowhere. We need to have that confidence, that self-confidence within, even if we don't know how it's going to turn out, but knowing that this is what we want to do, this is what we were meant to do, having that faith inside of ourselves, knowing that the path will unfold. Now, today's guest is Nathan Chan. He had a crappy job. He actually studied marketing for four years and he couldn't even get a job. Um, there, there you go. I mean, that really explains degrees in today's economy. Couldn't get a job, so he was um, wiring up computers. He became a computer technician, but uh, had enough of that. And, you know, he started contacting people like Richard Branson, uh, you know, and a lot of entrepreneurs that are uh, kicking shit up. A lot of entrepreneurs. And he ended up making this magazine. Um, you know, scratching his own itch, um, making this magazine that would fulfill his own desires. He was a, he wasn't an entrepreneur. He was a wantrepreneur, um, but he's become an amazing entrepreneur, and he has a lot of stories to share. Stories about how he started his magazine, how he, I mean, it wasn't easy, but he kept on going and kept on going, and he kept interviewing. I mean, people like Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, Deepak Chopra, Tony Robbins. He interviews a lot of the best people out there, and he shares a wealth of information and knowledge with everyone. It's an awesome episode. Um, If you're also interested in starting your own digital magazine, you'd learn a lot about this um, process in this episode. If not, you'll just learn heaps about becoming a media entrepreneur, you know, selling your own knowledge, selling that, packaging it up and selling it. You're going to learn a lot from Nathan. So, I mean, that that's about enough. That's enough for me. Um, here is Nathan Chan. Listen to this awesome episode. You can also catch the video on YouTube. I'm at Founder Magazine's headquarters with the man behind the brand, Nathan Chan. Thank you for having me, Sam. Pleasure to be here. Nathan, so what was your life like before Founder Magazine? So before we get into the meat of Founder Magazine, tell us a little bit about Nathan Chan prior. I started Founder while I was working my full-time job. We launched March 5th, 2013. And I was working in a really shitty IT job. I was doing work that didn't fulfill me. And I was really frustrated with my life. And I knew that deep down there was so much more out there for me. Like just to give you a little bit of an insight of the kind of work I used to do. I used to crawl under desks, fix computers. You know, it was, it was really depressing stuff. Like not depressing, but really degrading kind of work. And I was going to these people that always used to read a lot of business books, but I didn't know where to start. And long story short, I just got so frustrated that that frustration fueled this absolute hunger and desire inside of me to learn what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur because I read a lot of business books, I read a lot of magazines, and I felt that there wasn't really a publication out there that spoke to an entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur, a wannabe entrepreneur like me. So I launched Founder March 5th, 2013, and haven't really looked back since. Uh, you know, the first day we launched, we made $5, and it's a, it's a magazine in the App Store and the Google Play Store. It's a digital magazine for tablets, and 
mobile devices. And yeah, that's a little bit how I got started. Um, what's your big why? So you told us why you created Founder, but what's your mission? For me, to be honest, when I first started Founder, it was purely to make money. Um, you know, I just wanted to leave my job. I wanted to become a, a legit entrepreneur that was making enough money to leave my job. But then I realized very, very quickly that it's much more than that. And on a fundamental level, I really like helping people and I have a, a massive sense of contribution. So really now my why, and I worked it out very, very quickly, was I want to show people what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur. And the internet has changed the game right now and anyone can start a business. And I want to show people how to be, build a successful business and why right now is there's no better time in history to launch a business. So that's that's really, really what is fueling me. And like I was just having a lot of fun. And these these emails that come through every day, just hearing from people, hearing from our community that we've built, that's where the real gold is at. That's what I realized it's it's not about the ma the amount of money you make, it's about the amount of impact. And you'll find, and this is what I'm finding, is is the more lives that we have an impact on it's a reflection of the amount of money that we make. So that is what drives me now. So, and how do you keep yourself accountable to such a large goal? I have the goal of having an impact on 1 million entrepreneurs by the end of this year. So collectively that's across our readership of the magazine, our social channels, our traffic to our website, all of our assets. And I just, I just had that goal at the end of this year and I ask people to help me with that goal every time I speak with somebody and you know we have our metrics and I use that as as keeping me accountable. You've really used social media to build your brand. I mean particularly Instagram. How can others follow your lead in your success with social media? Uh, so I started founder March 5th, 2013. It took me about a year to build it up to leave my job. And it's only when I left my job that I actually started focusing on social. I thought when I first started that I could just build this magazine, get as many readers as I could and become a millionaire. <laughs> and I very, very quickly realized that it's all about building the brand and, and founder is much more than just a magazine. It's a media brand. So we've only started growing these social channels for the past year, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, those three in particular. And I think some of the biggest takeaways that people can learn from us is, first things first is all about consistency. You want to be extremely consistent and constantly serving your audience. So if you want to become an influencer in whatever market that you are in, you need to be contributing to that market every single day, whether that's a blog post, whether that's a social media post, whether that's a magazine issue, whether that's anything, you know, whether you're doing a guest blog post, whatever, you need to be contributing. So in terms of social, you need to have content, you need to have something to promote, you need to drive traffic to your site. So if you want to drive traffic to your site, you want to have your own content. So content is very, very key. And also you need to be consistent. So you want to be producing, you know, publishing content if it's not your own, but other people's content serving that market and you have to be consistent. So I'd recommend a tool like Buffer. It's or you know, scheduling, it allows you to schedule your social media. And another thing is giving giving content that people want, making, finding, curating really great content that people want to share. That's another big thing and really knowing your audience better than they know themselves and always, always try and provide value. Um, would you like me to talk about the specifics of Instagram, how we're growing that really, really quickly? Yeah, um, could we get into that? Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So with Instagram, that is our fastest growing social channel and it's our biggest source of customer acquisition right now. And that's purely because Instagram is 50 times more engaged than any, like it's 50, it has 50% more engagement than Facebook. And we simply post motivational quotes, startup facts, tips, and stuff like that. And it's, it's kind of weird that, that you post these quotes on Instagram because you think it's just a platform for like selfies and cute dogs and stuff like that. Yeah. But it really, really works really well because 
what I found was a lot of people want to share this stuff and a lot more people are seeing it because of the engagement with Instagram. And as time goes on, you know, I worked out how to game Instagram, you know, how to really, really grow a rapid following. So first things first with Instagram, it's all about the content. Second thing is about the hashtags. And the third big thing is getting other people to want to share your content and doing core business development to get others to share your content if you share theirs. And that has allowed us to build a following of 100,000 from zero to 100,000 in just over five months. Resources that people can look at to learn about how to do this with Instagram? Yeah, 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 sure thing. So we created an epic blog post. It's actually, in fact, the most viewed blog post on our website. It's, it's a blog post, and this is a good lesson for your audience, actually, around creating content that people really, really want, the kind of content that works. So, the, so it, creating content that works really, really well comes down, first things first is about the title. So the title of that blog post, it was how we got 10K Instagram followers in two weeks. So who wouldn't want to click on that? Like it's a very powerful title. So that's the first piece of the puzzle. So there's that blog post and a little bit about the kind of content that people like to read. It, It was really in depth. It was really actionable. So it was the kind of stuff that if you read that blog post, you could take stuff away and implement it in your business straight away. And that's the kind of content that is very, very key. So when we talk about providing value, I believe that kind of content is really, really cool. And we also, so there's that blog post to start with, which you can find on our website, but then also there's many other resources. And we also created a course which teaches you step by step how to replicate. Because we've got this, I guess a formula, you could say, that you've allowed to, you know, really growth hack the shit out of Instagram. Mm -hmm. All right, I want to talk about failure now. And since starting Founder Magazine, what's been, you know, one of your biggest failures? Yeah, so I've got a really interesting story. You might might know of it, might not. But when I first started the magazine, four months in, I was actually sued for trademark infringement. And I can't say the name of the company that sued me, but four months in and found it was my first ever business, you can imagine how that felt. So the magazine wasn't even called Founder. It was called Key to Success. <laughs> Lucky you changed the name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was actually a blessing in disguise. And that's, I think that's a really good lesson for your audience. And that's when something bad happens to you, whether it's a failure or a roadblock, usually things work out for the best, whether it's, you know, you start again or you always take something away from that failure or roadblock. So, you know, that was one of the hardest times of my life. I actually broke up with my girlfriend, my my housemate was moving out and all these crazy things were going on in my life. And and like, I thought I was going to lose the magazine. Like I'd never been sued before. I never thought this would ever happen. And, you know, I was served and all this crazy stuff. But yeah, that's been a really big failure of mine. But at the same time, I don't like to call it a failure. It's more a learning lesson, learning experience, and, and I've overcome and come back bigger and stronger. Yeah. There are some people listening right now that would love to create their own digital magazine, right? So how do you technically create a digital magazine? And, you know, and this was a side project for you, you know, but how can someone really go out and do that? Yeah, great question. It's, it's a question I get every day now. And I think... When it comes to publishing a magazine, it's some, I don't know what it is about magazines, but people just love them. And they're very, very powerful. They're a very, very powerful tool to build influence. That's what I've found with Founder. And it's really allowed us to rapidly make a name for ourselves in this entrepreneurial niche. So if somebody wants to get started creating a digital magazine for the App Store, Google Play Store, you know, on a tablet or mobile device, uh, you have to use a publishing platform. So there's many different publishing platforms you can use. Like that's how Forbes published. That's how all these big publications, every publication publishes. What's the name of that? Um, so there's many different platforms you can use. There's one called Magcast, which is the one I use, which is one that I highly recommend. 
Then there's one called Maz, so that's what Forbes Entrepreneur Fast Company use. Then there's another one called Oomph, there's Mag Plus, there's many different publishing platforms out there that have kind of come, come along and, and really trying to help print magazines come across to the digital space because the print print world is dying. You know, the publishing world is being shaken up through digital. Mm. Everyone has issues launching. They set a launch date and they're not sure if they'll reach that launch date. I want to find out about Founders Launch and how was your first issue? Yeah, really great question because, you know, I... I conceptualized the idea of founder, well, at the, at the time, key to success around you know, entrepreneurship and you know, focusing on aspiring and early stage founders and you know, novice entrepreneurs. I, I conceptualized that around November, December 2012. I went through three different graphic designers. So like to build a magazine, you, know, you need a, a really solid graphic designer because you know, the magazine is a PDF and there's optimized through the publishing platform where it builds the interactive elements. So, you know, I went through three different graphic designers. I was so frustrated, I just had to launch. Um, even the build-up, as we spoke about previously, you know, it was really, really difficult for anyone to take us seriously. I pitched so many people, so much to the point that no one would get back to me that I had to put a stock image on the front cover. Um, <laughs> And we just, we just launched, man. Like, I'm all about shipping. I'm all about the speed of implementation. So, yeah, we just launched. You go, it got to March 5th. You know, you had to submit to the App Store, obviously. Uh, so that takes a couple of weeks. So we submitted to the App Store late Feb, and then it went live March 5th. And I'll never forget that first day when we made $5, and it was, it was a side project, but that was a game changer for me. That's when, like, yep shit's real now you know that was the first amount of money that like decent amount of money that i'd made online like i know five dollars isn't much but some people you know frame their first dollar frame their first check and for me that was a game changer because that that showed me that if you know two people had bought the magazine that meant that i could sell a million of those you know that that meant that i could impact millions and that really changed the game for me now you've reached out to some pretty successful people in the business world, you know, Ariana Huffington, Richard Branson, Tipak Chopra. We were talking earlier about Tony Robbins, um, who you just interviewed as well. How do you interview these people? What leverage do you use? And someone watching right now or listening, how could they really benefit from um, learning your techniques? Yeah, great question. So. This is something I get lost a lot as well because people are like, how the hell would you get in touch with Richard Branson? You know, everyone wants to know that. And it's it's pretty simple. Like I just asked. You know, look, first things first, you've got to be prepared to ask. You, you know, ABC, you, you always got to be closing. You gotta get the sale if you don't ask for it. So that's the first thing. So I knew like we'll use Richard Branson as an example. I knew, and that was one of our biggest wins in the early days. He was we pitched him in the first five months of launching, just like just before we got sued. And uh, we, you know, I pitched him very early on and I knew that, you know, Richard Branson has been on the front cover of every single magazine issue. Uh, every single, he's been on, Richard Branson has been on the front cover of every big business magazine. So I was like, well, why can't he be on Founder? So I knew that if I was going to pitch him, I'd have to hustle. I can't just write to him. So I, I actually learned from a friend that taught me that if you want to get in touch with these influencers, you need to find out, one, what they want. So what a great way to get in touch with influencers in any niche, this isn't just in the business entrepreneurship niche, is they will most likely have a book and they will most likely, that book will be published. So you want to find the contact for the publishers because publishers always want press for their books because they want to sell more books. So I tracked back the publisher of one of Richard Branson's books I, and I pitched them and then they gave, and then I just made a lot of phone calls. That's another big thing. You have to make a lot of phone calls. And I ended up, you know, after a lot of phone calls, ended up pitching the head of 
Richard Branson's PR Virgin team. So you know, Virgin has its head of PR, and I called up and I pitched, and that was one of many ways that I got a lot of influencers in the magazine. And that getting Richard Branson was kind of like a stepping stone because you know if anybody was launching a book, I could say yes, we have you know featured Richard Branson. This is we sent them an, an attached you know PDF of how their feature would turn out. You know, who wouldn't want to be on the front cover of a magazine? We show that social proof. We've got all these, you know, high traffic social channels. And I really, really try and make it a no-brainer. Um, it's all about a mutually beneficial value exchange. I'm very, very big on finding out how I can help that person. And then in exchange, they will come on the magazine and, you know, they can tell their audience and that's what it's all about. You know, a lot of people right now, they're trying, you know, the interview thing is really, really hot. Podcasts are really, really hot. So they're trying to interview influencers because it raises credibility. So how can you prove to these influencers that you have the audience that, that can sell, get them more sales, you know, increase their brand? So you need to show that, whether it's high traffic social channels, whether it's a traffic to your website, whether it's, you know, a lot of listeners on your podcast, if it's the size of your community, that's where you really, really need to find out how you can help these people. And that's simply all I'm doing. People watching right now are listening and they're like, yeah, yeah, come on, you've got a magazine. So it's easy to reach out to these influencers. What would you say to people like that that you know, don't have a magazine, but maybe they're trying to build a personal brand or you know, something along those lines? What advice would you give them? It takes time, you know, that's that's one of the biggest things, you know, even when we had a magazine, as I said before, people wouldn't even speak to us. It's just all about building that momentum. I think it's very, very important that you approach it from building that momentum. So you start small and you kind of work your way, work your way up and you keep, you know, interviewing more and more influencers and you've got to look for what they want. You've, it's so key, serve first and ask later people will be more inclined to help you if you've helped them first. It's all about the law of reciprocity. Great book called Influence by Robert Cialdini. Absolutely brilliant book. I highly recommend it. One of those laws of influence is the law of reciprocity. People will be more inclined to help you if you've helped them first. So here's a great example. Mark Cuban right now, you know, I haven't, I've kind of pitched him and I know that he's got this new app out at the moment called Cyberdust. And Mark Cuban, he's like, I'm, I'm a massive fanboy of Mark Cuban. He's a boss, right? He, he, he's the yeah. king of hustle. He's, he's a billionaire, right? Yeah. And I know that he's trying to make this Cyberdust app that he has explode. And I actually had him have him on Cyberdust and I actually sent him a message saying, hey, I want you to be on the front cover of our magazine. I will make cyber dust explode uh, you know we've got a collective network of partners that can reach out to you know four million people just on instagram alone we've got twenty thousand active monthly readers on our magazine we've got you know this many downloads we've got this amount of traffic coming to our site we'll make it explode and he said to me okay let this he said okay you make cyber dust explode and I will return the favor. So I haven't done it yet, okay. but can you see how it works? So yeah. I found out something that he wanted and he actually wrote back to me. Like I, I even screenshotted that he's writing <laughs> back to me because it's like, okay, well now I know what I need to do. And that's something that I will do later this year and I will come to him. He might, might not return that favor, but can you see where I'm going with this? So, yeah, for sure. yeah. so whether you know, you can get savvy around that. Like even if you don't have a big, let's say you're just starting out and you don't have a big influence and you want to you know, reach out to Tony Robbins or something like that, you could get savvy and you could say, okay, well, there's like, you know, 10 different Instagram accounts that I know that there's 10 different, sorry, you could get savvy around this and you could say, I know that there's 10 different Instagram accounts that collectively have 2 million followers. I know that it costs me a couple of hundred dollars per per Instagram post to get them to post anything that I want. You know, I, I could pretty much line up all those 10 accounts 
and then pitch Tony Robinson's team and say, hey, I've got this amount of influence that will go live and you're going to pay. They don't know you're going to pay these people a couple thousand bucks. Yeah. And you can say, we will promote Tony's book if he comes on our podcast episode. And then you get Tony on the podcast episode <laughs> and then you in leverage that Instagram influence that goes out to 2 million people to help promote that book. Yeah. So you can get savvy around this stuff. Like that's just an idea that I came up on the spot. Mm-hmm. So... You just got to try and find leverage and it's, it, it is not something that comes to you naturally and you won't work it out straight away, but you have to build that momentum. I think it's very, very key that you're not going to be able to interview these people straight off the bat. It takes time to become an influencer and to get on the radar of other influencers. It just takes time and you just have to keep, you know, same comes back to social media. It's same thing. You've just got to keep serving that market every day, contributing to that market and eventually it'll hit snowball where, mm. you know, when I was, I interviewed Pat Flynn a couple of months ago and something that he said, which was really interesting is it takes about two years. It takes about you know, one to two years before you really start to reap the rewards in any game of, of starting a business. And, and that's a good thing. You know, one year to two years is great. There's a lot of people that are out there struggling still after two years and you know, hats off to those people still going. You just got to want it bad enough. You know, that's another mm. thing that is, is so key. Every single extremely successful entrepreneur that I've interviewed is they just want it so badly, man. Like I can't, I can't describe what that hunger is that they have inside. I don't know what it takes to develop that. Like that's something I talked about with Tony Robbins is he says that you need to have some sort of external thing happen to you that, that triggers that hunger. And for me, it was just that frustration of being in my job. And then now I just love what I'm doing. This is what I was born to do and I have so much fun. I'm helping people every single day and I'm making an impact. So that's what drives me. That's what that's what that's why I want it so badly. But you have to want it so badly, man. I cannot stress that enough. Mm-hmm. Having that fire inside pushing you. Yeah. 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 I wanna ask you about the future of digital publishing and how you see it. We're at the beginning, but how do you see it turning out? Yeah, great question. Look, I know that print is a dying trade. You know, publishers right now are struggling to get people to pay for their content. Right now, I don't have a problem with that. And it's it's quite funny, you know, uh, a massive tech startup and they, you know, they're, a, I guess, a news outlet called GigaOM. They just got shut down and they, they were the venture-backed startup and, you know, millions and millions of hits going to their website every single month you know they were big big publisher um, they weren't a magazine but they were a media brand and you know they they went under they were they went bankrupt and i see the digital publishing space as a place where you know print is a dying trade so people need to get more savvy around getting people to pay for content now i believe that the best way to monetize your content is to build, first of all, you need to build an audience, regardless of, of whatever niche you're serving, you need to build an audience and mm. then you need to work on finding out what that audience wants and then monetizing that, whether that's events, whether that's digital products, whether that's physical products, whether that's reports, whatever. So that's one thing I realized that a lot of publishers aren't doing right now. They just publish a magazine and that's all. And they're struggling to grow that magazine. They're struggling to build the readership of that magazine. And and digital has changed the game that people need to start building a multifaceted platform. And that's something that I realized very, very quickly in my in my eyes, that founders much more than just a magazine, it's a media brand. And we have many other assets. So I think the future of digital publishing is that print will slowly die, but it will become like you know you know how like vinyls around yeah it it will still be around print magazines will still stand the test of time but still even from a sustainability standpoint digital is the way things are going and people can take you know if you like multiple magazines let's say you go you're flying to america and you want to take your 10 favorite magazines you can't pack them in all into your bag you put them on your ipad so you know people the the way things are moving the way technology is moving is I believe digital publishing is the future of publishing, whether it's on a tablet and mobile, whether it's on on the web, 
that's the way publishing is moving. That's the way content is being consumed. So that's that's where I see see that see that industry going. Mm. Um, Seth Godin has actually talked about how large corporations are stuck in their um, bureaucracies in, in the way that they publish things and magazines and books and the industry is changing. Do you think that it's easier for a startup to start a magazine? Look, there is like, there's nothing we were talking about before. Like, yeah. there's no better time in history now to start any business, let alone a magazine, because the internet has changed the game. It allows you to have a voice. You know, like me and you are talking right now and it'll yeah. go out to hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people that, you know, if you want to have your own radio show, you start a podcast. If you want to have your own magazine, you can start a magazine. And because the internet has, has opened up the world, you can bootstrap that thing. You know, when we started Founder, I started with under $3,000. If you want to start a print publication, it would cost you at least $50,000. You know, even to do just a small run, just the cost, you know, that's, Digital products for, especially a magazine, it's a digital product, it's very, very scalable. And that's what I like about online businesses and digital products, it's very, very scalable. So you only have to create it once and you can sell it as many times as you want. That's right, that's right, exactly right. So all you have to worry about is your server load, how much your server can handle. So yeah, look, if anybody wants to start a magazine, it's very, very simple and cost of production is very, very cheap especially if you outsource, you know, our mm -hmm. business is built on an outsourcing model where we have a global team. I don't pay anyone full-time wages, only on a contract basis, project per project. And we have a design team in India. We have a, you know, an editorial team in the States and writers all around the world, New Zealand, the States, here in Australia, UK, you name it, Canada, and you know we've got an AV or you know the guy that edits our podcast and a lot of our text like video and AV is in Hungary. Like it's just crazy that you know the world has been opened up like this, and you can use currency and exchange rate to your advantage. Uh, you can really find amazing talent that doesn't have to be on the ground here in Australia or you know wherever. And it's just really cheap. It is, it is not that expensive. So yes, it is very easy now to start a publishing, like start publishing a magazine. So to the guy or girl who'd be watching this or listening right now uh, that wants to create their own personal brand, but they're not sure what to do. They're, they're currently working somewhere else. And there are people that were in your situation um, starting off with a side project. What, what advice would you give them right now? I think it comes down to a few things. The first things first is people want to start a business. They get so excited, right? They say, yeah, I'm going to start a business. I'm really excited. And they get online and they just start watching videos and they start reading. And eventually that excitement wears off and then they feel guilty. And they say, oh, I haven't done anything. And they just forget about it. And they keep saying they want to do it. And they read a lot of books. I was that person. So I think it's very, very important that you put something out into the world and make yourself accountable for it. So with Founder, I got lucky in the sense that Founder was a side project. I treated it like a side project. I didn't I never said to myself, yeah, I'm gonna when I first launched it, yeah, I'm gonna leave my job. I just wanted to see because I was looking for work that would fulfill me and I loved marketing and I couldn't even get a marketing job. That's why I started Founder. One of the reasons I started Founder was because I wanted to work in marketing. I went back, did a master's in marketing, couldn't get a job in marketing. And I'm like, you know what, I'm, fuck this. I'm gonna do my own no thing. Way. Yeah, it's I'm like gonna do the whole industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna do my own thing. And you know, I that's I started Founder off the assumption that I was going to do my own thing, but I didn't know whether it'd work out. So just start small and I made myself accountable because it was a monthly magazine and I didn't want people to be paying something for something every month that they weren't getting. Yeah. And that made me accountable. So where you can try and make yourself accountable, I think that's really, really key. Another thing that I highly recommend for people that want to start a magazine or any business 
is to start hanging out with like-minded entrepreneurs. Start hanging out with people that have done it. That's one of the biggest success hacks I know. You know, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for some of the mentors that I have. And, you know, with Founder, I was speaking to millionaires, multi-millionaires all the time while I was in my day job. I even did interviews on my (laughs) lunch break, man. And it just kind of, it changes your mindset that it's not about if I can do it, it's when. Because you're speaking to so many other people that have built a successful business and they're making an income and they're serving and they're providing value and they're getting rewarded for it that they don't need their day job. So I think starting small is a very, very big one. It's just put something out there, you know. There's no nothing wrong now with putting something out there and just seeing what happens. I think that's really, really key. And also hanging out with like-minded entrepreneurs, go to meetups, try and find and network with like-minded people because your current you know, friendship group probably won't be into this kind of stuff and you need you need to be surrounding yourself with like-minded people because you're the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. You Jim, know that Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn, great yeah. quote. Mm. And I think you just got to want it bad enough, you know, I don't know what it is that's going to trigger that person to want to do it, but if you if you're comfortable, it's not going to happen. It's it, it just I don't know what it is, but you just have to want it so bad. You just have to work so ridiculously hard. You know, when I was working my day job, I would you know get home after a long day's work. You know, from eight till probably one a.m. I was grinding. You know, hustling on the magazine, doing every single thing I could. And then on my lunch break, I was doing interviews. Sometimes early in the morning, I was doing interviews before I went to work. I just wanted it so badly, and I just hustled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there's something that, you know, it's not it's not going to be easy, and it takes time. You have to be persistent, and you have to just constantly show up. And did your vision expand? from every person that you interviewed, did that change things for you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, I'm sure that, you know, once we hit, you know, reaching a million people, there's probably gonna be 10 million. And it just kind of, you just kind of build. I'm all about setting goals. So one thing that one of my mentors taught me was the power of setting goals and, and knowing where you're going because as time goes on, like when you, like when I first started found, I didn't have any core goals. I just wanted to make money, I wanted to leave my job. But once you have these core goals in mind, it's like, you know, when are you gonna make enough money, whatever that amount of money, I need to make 5K a month to be able to leave my job. And that's all, you've got your eye on the prize. So, you know, the more and more people I spoke to, the, yeah, that does definitely you know, raise my expectations and goals higher because as time went on, I was growing too. So it's like, you know, if this person's doing this that I'm speaking to, and that's one of the like amazing things that I found from speaking to all these ex- extremely successful entrepreneurs is, is they're no different to me or you, man. There is no secret there that they just worked extremely fucking hard yeah. and they were smart. Like, don't get me wrong, they were smart and they tested and they moved fast and it's all about speed of implementation. But, they're no different to me or you. So that's one thing that I found that if these people are doing it, there's no reason I can't too. Mm. So as time went on, you know, that belief, that mindset of mine just, just constantly became more and more real. Some people would like to interview people, but they feel intimidated. How would they get over that intimidation? There's a really interesting quote. Um, oh, no, I won't say it. We'll, yeah. we'll scrap that. Oh, but. Um, I was going to say, one thing I will tell you is that when I first started, I'll never forget my first interview. My first interview for the first issue was was with this lady named Lynn Huang, Mm -hmm. and she was from Sydney, and she was called the Outsourcing Angel, and she was one of the only people that would get back to me, and I interviewed her on Skype, and you... <laughs> I remember how nervous I was. It was so intimidating, and I remember jumping off that interview. And I remember I said to my girlfriend, "You know, I was so nervous, and, and it was crazy." But I realized after doing that interview that, that this is what I was born to do. And even to this day, you know, 
you know, interview, we interviewed Tony Robbins last week. I was nervous, don't get me wrong. And you just, you just feel that, you know, you just, you just feel that nervousness and you just show up and then it's like, it's all about just connecting with that other person. Yeah, you are intimidated for sure. I, I have been intimidated many times, but I scheduled it in and I show up and I make it work. It's like a little bit like when you're going to go on a roller coaster or, you know, a big giant drop or whatever, you are nervous, but you just feel it and you get on and you just, you'll be okay. Um, and as time goes on, you build that confidence. Experience builds confidence. And to this day, don't get me wrong, I do feel intimidated by certain entrepreneurs. Like if, if I was going to meet Elon Musk and interview him in person or even on Skype, I would be intimidated and I would be nervous. But I, I'd want to speak to him because I want to pick his brain. You know, I'm a very curious person. So you never lose. I don't think you'll ever get rid of that intimidation or nervousness it's always there it just gets silenced a lot more and you learn how to manage it and deal with it i was going to say that um eric clapton yes amazing musician i once heard this really interesting quote around eric clapton that you know he goes on stage he's been performing for you know, 20 30 years performed you know in front of hundreds of thousands of people and still, after 20 or 30 years before he gets on stage, he still gets that feeling of nervousness, intimidation, but it's just always going to be there, but you just learn to handle it better. What are you currently working on? Oh, we're working on a lot of things. <laughs> um, our biggest thing at the moment is I've realized that found as much more than a magazine, it's a media brand, it's a platform. So I'm all about creating a multifaceted platform with what we're doing. So what I'm working on right now is one, obviously growing the platform even more through social, driving traffic to the site. And another thing which I'm really excited about is creating information, more information products and courses, specifically training products. So we're working on releasing another version of uh, our Instagram course because one thing that happened was, and I never thought we would go down this path, but we you know, built from zero to 100,000 followers on Instagram very, very quickly. And our community have asked, this is what we want. You know, how are you doing this, Nathan? So we're creating a training platform, like a training program for our community and we're going to go live with it soon. So that's one of many courses that I'm really excited about. I never thought we'd go down this courses route, but it just kind of naturally happened that I'm all about having multiple assets. And I also realized that founders like an entry level product, you need to have, you know, higher tier products. And, uh, you know, that would be essentially, you know, these training products would essentially be an upsell. So I'm working on building a sales funnel. I'm working on building more assets for the brand because I don't want to just rely on Apple for our income and, and uh, Google Android for our income. I want to have multiple sources of income and multiple assets for the brand. And if people like the magazine, they might want to do a step-by-step -step course on how to grow your business through Instagram. And, they, and if people like the magazine, they might want to do a step-by-step -step course on how to build an online business or how to market or anything like that, how to outsource, how to start a magazine. There's so many options out there, but it comes down to knowing what your audience want, asking them what they want, polling them, surveying them, finding out what their frustrations, problems, and desires are, and giving it to them and further serving them. So I'm working, in essence, on further serving our community. And uh, that's really exciting. I'm also working on building a, a very big email database. Um, right now, with Instagram, we're doing close to anywhere between 1,200 to 15 opt-in, 1,200 to 1,500 opt-ins a week, and we're rapidly growing our email database. Like I believe that it'll be at least 100,000 by the end of this year, and I know now know from selling our first course, our first version of the Instagram product, that that is where the real money's at. Like the money, you hear it so often, the money's in the email list. One of my biggest realizations is how effective email marketing is as a tool to sell it's one of the best channels to sell i've found so working on building a sales funnel using infusionsoft um, doing next level email marketing so when somebody signs up 
to our email list or they sign up to the magazine or whatever, when they come on our email database, we will take them down a series of paths. And depending on what they click on or open, whatever email they're clicking on, or whether they're clicking on a link in the email, whether they're opening it or not, we can work out what they want. And then we can hit them with offers, hit that person with an offer, and we can further serve them. Um, and I think that that automation will be very, very powerful. And I'm really, really excited about that. People love quotes. What are some of your favorite success quotes? Oh, I know. One of my favorite quotes is, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. Mm, so, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty much in essence that, you know, if you want to start a business and you're just doing the same shit, you got to change things up, you yeah. know, like yeah. anything that you want, you've got to, you've got to be prepared to step outside your comfort zone. And I think that's really, really key. Every day now I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. I think it's really, really important. What are some books or even just one book that has shaped your journey at Founder Magazine? People that are into entrepreneurship and starting an online business or any business, it's like, it's like when you see that, unless you're on that side of the, that world, you're just very oblivious to what's going on. And I call it seeing the matrix. Like I've had friends or new friends or people that I've met where they've, that I've met them and they, you know, tell them what I'm doing and then they're like, oh wow, you know, I never thought this was possible. I want to do this too. Just a little bit like I've got an intern at the moment that's working with me and I've just opened his mind up to seeing the matrix. And for me, what really helped me see the matrix and opened up my mind and exposed me to what was possible was the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Now, I've read that book like four to five years ago and it took me a long time to do anything, but that book really, really sparked, you know, my ideas of, of how I want to live and, and the kind of businesses that I want to build. Now, I know you love podcasts. What are some of your favorite podcasts? I really, really like Start Up by Alex Bloomberg. I think it's one of the best storytelling podcasts out there in terms of from the entrepreneurship space. Um, that guy's just really, really brilliant. And, you know, one thing that I do is I always look at people that are killing it and I try and take bits and pieces and things that I like and implement in my own business. So he's really, really good at storytelling. And I've, I've taken some pieces there that I'm going to implement in our podcast. Another one is Get Altitude by Eben Pagan. Absolutely brilliant podcast. Um, I've learned a lot from that guy. He's sold you know over a hundred million dollars of information products. Brilliant marketer. Love that podcast. And then another one that I'm really liking at the moment is called Foundation by Kevin Rose. He's a big time investor out of uh, the Bay Area, and you know he interviews like Elon Musk, the founders of Instagram, Twitter, Squarespace. He's got, he just knows all these guys, you know, Tim Ferriss. So he's got some amazing interviews and he's really, really good because he knows these people on a, on another level than if, you know, me and you were interviewing, like he just has this connection and he's really good at doing these brilliant interviews. I highly recommend those three. Mm. What does success mean for you? For me, I think success is doing whatever I want when I want and not having anybody else to t tell me what to do. I think that's true freedom. I think, yeah, just, and just having fun, like just, just doing whatever I want really. Mm -hmm. To um, obstacles, how do you overcome your obstacles? Obstacles is one of those things where at the time it seems so tough at the time, but once you get past that obstacle, it's, you know, you, in retro retrospect is a great thing, right? One way that I find is really key to get past obstacles is to speak to my friends that are entrepreneurs that have been in the same situations as me, speak to my mentors, get their opinion. Whenever I have a roadblock or an obstacle or a challenge that I don't know how to do things, I will speak to like 10 to 15 people, man, and bounce ideas and then work out what the next play is. Like for example, I didn't know because we launched that Instagram course at beta and now we're going to launch it publicly. I didn't know what systems to use. I didn't know whether to use Infusionsoft or Entreport to, you know, for our email marketing. I didn't know whether to use 
Kajabi, Member Mouse, Optimize Press for delivering the content and protecting the content. I didn't know whether to use Sam Cart, which is a special shopping cart, and just use Infusionsoft shopping cart. I didn't know. So that was a massive obstacle for me that I was facing a couple of weeks ago. And man, I spoke to like 10 to different, 10 to 15 different people, people that have been in the same situation as me, people that have done it, people that are trying to do the same thing as me. And from all of that, all of that conversation, don't get me wrong, it's, I, I don't do this with every obstacle, but big obstacles like that, I just speak to people and bounce ideas around. And then from there, I make an evaluated decision, trust my gut. And usually that tends to hold me in good stead. If it's an obstacle, whether it's big or small, it depends on how many people I speak to or when I want to bounce an idea off many people or just one person. But I always have go-to people that I always go to for advice. And I think that's really, really key to make sure you're going down the right path, especially from people that have done the kind of things that you want to do. Because as I said, that's one of the biggest success hacks. And I think that's really allowed me to rapidly grow what I'm doing. So... Yeah, I hope that answers your question. What are some powerful resources that you'd like to share with up-and-coming entrepreneurs listening right now? Yeah, look, I really like podcasts. I think podcasts are a brilliant way to learn. Um, you know, by all means, listen to this podcast, our podcast, the Founder Podcast, you know, Founder Magazine. It's got all our best stuff, all my findings. It's like my reflection of my journey because I didn't know anything when I first started. It's just my reflection of what I'm finding. But also, yeah, podcasts, those podcasts I mentioned. In terms of marketing, because marketing's a real passion project for me, I really like Noah Kagan's stuff. Mm. He's really, really good. I re- yeah, 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 yeah. I really, really like his blog called OK Dork. Uh, another really, really good resource is growthhackers.com. It's just a content aggregator for growth hacking stuff. I because I really like the marketing stuff. I think yeah. yeah, podcasts, those websites, I think they're they're the best resources out there that I'm finding that I'm learning. And you can listen to this stuff on the go or you can read it on the go, whether you're in transit, whether you're driving, whether you're at the gym, you know, it's just I always now, whenever I'm doing something, I want to optimize my time because time is our most valuable asset. We can't get it back. Um, so I'm always trying to do stuff like that. All right, what's next for Nathan Chan? Next is just continually growing the platform, you know, reach that hundred, reach that million. Yeah, what's next? Continually growing the platform, reach that million people that we're impacting and, you know, grow the email database, create a multifaceted platform, create more products and potentially maybe some services, probably not services, scrap the services part I want to stay away from that but yeah just growing and then just continually producing amazing content continually interviewing you know amazingly powerful and influential entrepreneurs and really trying to serve our audience as best we can that's just what's next just keep doing what we're doing yeah thank you Nathan you're welcome Absolute pleasure, bro. There you have it, guys. That was my good friend, Nathan Chan of Founder Magazine. I hope you liked this episode. I hope you learned something from it. Send me an email. Let me know what you think about the show, how it's impacting and influencing your life. Sam at sambarry.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Go out there and make shit happen. And for the full show notes and everything that we mentioned in this show, all the links, go to sambarry.com slash 10. See ya!